Blog Talk Radio. It's Saturday, November 16th, 2019, and you're tuned in to another edition of The Missy Show. We're still your premier source for fun and informative pet topics. I'm your host, Jay. Hello, my Missians. Thank you for joining me again on today's edition of The Missy Show. And for those of you who don't read my blog, that's typically how I greet everybody. I'll call you all my Missians. So, Happy Saturday to you all. Um, I hope you guys have been having a fabulous weekend so far and that you haven't gotten too cold. I know it's been pretty cold all the way down here on the Gulf Coast where I am, and um, I'm sure it's even worse where some of you are in my um, Missy Show listening um, areas. Um, Glad I'm not up there where you are. I sympathize with you because I really don't like being cold. So um, hopefully you guys are staying warm. But I also wanted to say this, keep in mind if it's too cold for you, it's probably too cold for your pets. So be sure to bring them inside during this time of year. So, okay, going to get off my soapbox. Just wanted to say that. That's my PSA for the day. Um, As I mentioned last week, November is full of important pet and animal holidays, which gives me plenty of educational topics to share with you guys to improve the lives of your furry four-legged family members. And today's show features two of those such topics. Um, We're going to be talking about cancer and diabetes in pets. Um, November is Pet Cancer Awareness Month and Pet Diabetes Month. Before we get into today's topic, I want to give out the call-in number first for those of you um, who may want to contribute with your own pet cancer or pet diabetes stories. Our call-in number is 516 Five nine five eight zero five eight. That's five one six five nine five eight zero five eight. For those of you who need to catch us after showtime, you can always find past episodes in the archives at blogtalkradio.com forward slash she's a tortie, and that's S H E S A T O R T I E. Or you can listen on our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash missy.show44. Or you can also catch us on Twitter at twitter.com forward slash missyshow. Okay, I'll be discussing with you guys what's coming up next week. I was looking at that in my notes. But before we get off into all of that, we'll save that for the end. We're going to start. I'd rather start with the grammar of the two topics. Um, Let's kind of get the more serious out of the way. And that's going to be cancer in pets. Um, This information is coming off of uh, avma.org, avma.org. First off, what is neoplasia, tumors, and cancer? And they define neoplasia as the uncontrolled abnormal growth of cells or tissues in the body, and the abnormal growth itself is called a neoplasm or tumor. It can be benign or malignant. Benign neoplasms tend to grow slowly, displace, but do not tend to invade the surrounding body tissues and do not spread throughout the body. Unfortunately, with malignant neoplasms, 
Um, they can be unpredictable and grow at various rates, sometimes rapidly, invading the tissues around them and spread or metastasize, which is never a word you want to hear, um, to other parts of the body. So um, how common is this in animals? Now, they say in dogs, approximately one in four dogs will at some stage in their life develop neoplasia, and almost half of dogs over the age of 10 will develop cancer. And this is actually what um, Dee's dog, Boomer, um, passed away from. He was an older dog, and he had later developed cancer later in life. Um, dogs get cancer at roughly the same rate as humans, while there is less information about the rate of cancer in cats. Some cancers, such as lymphoma, are more common in cats than in dogs. Now, um, how it's diagnosed, it says neoplasia is often suspected on the basis of the pet's medical history and physical exam. Additional tests, such as radiographs, which are x-rays, blood tests, and ultrasound exams may be necessary to confirm neoplasia. For most tumors, cytology, which is withdrawing some cells from a mass examine under a microscope can quickly provide basic information about the tumor type and can confirm a diagnosis for certain types of cancer. I'm not going to read every little bit of it because I'm also going to provide you guys with links because I, I tend to, when I'm doing these shows by myself and I'm having to do all that reading, my voice starts to give, so I just want to hit the main points with you all and also not make it just so boring and monotone. So just know that I'll also um, post links about this so you guys can read the rest of it. Um, is neoplasia preventable? Unfortunately, the cause of most neoplastic diseases is not known, and therefore prevention is difficult. There is evidence that secondhand smoke increases the risk of some cancers in cats and dogs. Wow, that's interesting to know because we already know it can be a risk factor for human beings, so apparently also for animals. So for all of you smokers out there, you know, that's something to consider if you have a pet. Um, spaying does reduce the risk of mammary cancer in dogs, which is breast cancer. Half of all breast neoplasms in dogs and greater than 85 of all breast neoplasms in cats are malignant and spaying female pets before 12 months of age reduces this risk. Neutering eliminates the risk of testicular cancer. Conversely, there's evidence that spaying and neutering can increase the risk of certain other cancers. Okay, that's not good. Genetic predisposition to some cancer in certain breeds or breeding lines has also been reported. Talk to your veterinarian about the benefits, risk, and timing of spaying or neutering your pet. Now, here's the biggie right here. This is the meat of it. What are the possible signs of neoplasia in pets? Like people, pets can develop neoplasia affecting almost any organ or tissue in their body. The signs or symptoms that may be observed vary based on the tissue involved and the severity of the neoplasia. Consult your vet if you observe any of the following in your pet. So listen closely on this part. Abdominal swelling bleeding from the mouth, nose, or other body openings, difficulty breathing, difficulty eating, lumps, bumps, or discolored skin, non-healing wounds, persistent diarrhea or vomiting, sudden changes in weight, unexplained swelling, heat, pain, or lameness, and visible mass or tumor. Uh, many of the signs seen with neoplasia are also seen with non-neoplastic conditions, but they still need prompt attention by a vet to determine the cause. 
Neoplasia is frequently treatable and early diagnosis will aid your vet in delivering the best care possible. Now, how is it treated? So this is something I was wondering, is it like how it is with people? Can they get radiation therapy? Can they get chemotherapy? So we're going to answer that here. Um, it says each type of neoplasia require, requires individual care. Treatment may include one or a combination of therapies such as surgery, chemotherapy, radiation, cryosurgery, hypothermia, or immunotherapy. It's important to note that pets often tolerate chemotherapy better than people. Okay, didn't know that. Your pet's overall health is important too, and your vet may recommend dietary changes or other therapies to help your pet better respond to treatment. Um, it does say, say that some types of neoplasia can be cured, but other types can only be managed to decrease spread and prolong your pet's comfort and life as much as possible, just like with humans. Um, often the biggest factors determining the success of treatment for neoplasia are the stage, which is how large it is and how far it is spread in the body, and the type. This indicates the chance for response to therapy as well as both local invasion and the rate of spread to other body parts. Um, they say euthanasia may be considered, especially when the type or stage of the neoplasia makes successful treatment unlikely. The cost of treatment is prohibitive um, for the owner or the pet's quality of life is poor despite treatment. Before you make your decision for treatment or euthanasia, discuss the options with your vet so you can make the best choice for your pet and your family. Uh, what is the success rate? The response to treatment depends on the type and extent of the neoplasia, as well as the availability and effectiveness of, of therapy. There is no general rule regarding an individual pet's response to therapy, but treatment can be successful for many pets with neoplasia. Benign neoplasms are usually easier to treat, and treatment of any type of neoplasia is more likely to be successful if the neoplasms are detected early, just like with humans. Despite a lack of metastasis, benign tumors can sometimes have damaging effects on the patient. For example, brain tumors are often benign, but the pressure they create on the surrounding brain tissue can be life-threatening. Although some neoplasms especially the more aggressive cancers, cannot be cured, treatment can prolong your pet's life and improve the quality of life. So based on everything I read, it sounds like it's very similar to treatment with humans and the prognosis and everything is about the same as it is with humans. So um, important information. So if you definitely see any of those signs in your pet, be sure to get him or her to a vet immediately and let them, you know, get x-rays and the different tests that they need. Okay, so we, we wanted to get the more grim side of it out of the way, so we've talked about that. Now let's talk about diabetes, because just like in people, diabetes is a bit more treatable, especially if that is, you know, found earlier. Not saying cancer isn't treatable, but um, most of the time people can die, of course, of complications from diabetes as well as pets, but typically being diagnosed with diabetes is a bit less scary than being diagnosed with um, cancer, even though it can also be serious, you know, depending on how far, how out of control it gets. Okay, so diabetes in pets, this is also from AVMA, which is the American Veterinary Medical Association. So let's see here. It says diabetes is more common in older pets, but it can also occur in younger or pregnant pets. 
The disease is more manageable if it is detected early and managed with the help of your vet. So what is diabetes? I think most of us knows what it is, but just in case you don't, diabetes mellitus or diabetes, as it's most commonly called, is a condition that occurs when the body cannot use glucose, which is a type of sugar, normally. So you can't use glucose normally. Glucose is the main source of energy for your body's cells. The levels of glucose in the blood are primarily controlled by a hormone called insulin, which is made by the pancreas. So basically, when your pancreas can no longer process insulin properly, that's how you end up with diabetes. And I won't go into the long process that they go into about the digestive process and all of that. I'll let you guys read it. Um, yes, and in humans, there also can be type 1 and type 2. I was trying to see if they said that's also so with animals. But um, they say, um, although diabetes in pets is sometimes classified as type 1 or type 2, the difference between the types is less clear in pets than it is in humans. Okay, so what pets are at risk for diabetes? Diabetes in dogs and cats can occur at any age. However, diabetic dogs are usually 4 to 14 years of age, and most are diagnosed at roughly 7 to 10 years of age. Most diabetic cats are older than 6 years of age. Diabetes occurs in female dogs twice as often as male dogs, okay? Um, certain breeds of dogs may be predisposed to diabetes. And I, I think that's true just like with the cancers or with any illness, you have certain breeds where they're, they're just susceptible to that. Um, just like with humans, obesity is a significant risk factor for developing diabetes. As dogs and cats age, they may also develop other diseases that can result in diabetes or could significant, eh, significantly affect their response to treatment for diabetes, including overactivity of the adrenal gland in dogs, or overactivity of the thyroid gland in cats, pancreatitis, heart disease, kidney disease, urinary tract infections, and skin infections. The long-term use of medications containing corticosteroids is also a risk factor for diabetes. Okay, once again, another important thing, so listen closely. What are the signs of diabetes in pets? Noticing the early signs of diabetes is the most important step in taking care of your pet. If you see any of the following signs, your pet should be examined by a veterinarian. The earlier the, pro the earlier the diagnosis, the better chance your pet may have for a longer and healthier life. So here we go. Excessive water drinking and increased urination. Weight loss, even though there may be an increased appetite. So if they're eating more, but they're still rapidly dropping weight. Decreased appetite. Cloudy eyes. This is especially in dogs, they say. Chronic or recurring infections, including skin infections and urinary infections. Now, how is diabetes treated in pets, diagnosed and treated? Okay, and um, diabetes may be suspected based on the signs a pet is showing, but the diagnosis is confirmed by your vet by finding consistent hyperglycemia and glucosuria. Although a diagnosis of diabetes is often relative, relatively straightforward, your vet may run additional blood tests to rule out other medical conditions seen in older pets. A urine culture might be recommended to rule out a UTI, a urinary tract infection. Once the diagnosis is confirmed, your vet will prescribe an initial dose and type of insulin for your pet. 
Insulin cannot be given orally. It must be given by injection under the skin. And I think that would just hurt me to my heart if I had to stick my animal. But with diabetic pets, this would be necessary. Um, your vet or veterinarian technician will teach you how to give the insulin injections, which may involve a very small needle and are generally very well tolerated by the pet. It is not a one-size-fits-all treatment. Your vet may periodically need to adjust your pet's treatment regimen based on the results of monitoring. Dietary recommendations are also important, are an important part of the treatment. Uh, let's see here. Successful treatment of diabetes requires regular examinations, blood and urine tests, and monitoring your pet's weight, appetite, drinking, and urination. Caring for your diabetic pet, dogs and cats with diabetes usually require lifelong treatment with special diets, a good fitness regimen, and particularly in dogs, daily insulin injections. The key to managing diabetic pets is to keep your pet's blood sugar near normal levels and avoid too high and too low levels that can be life-threatening. A treatment that works for one pet might not work as well for another, and patience is important as you and your pet adjust to the new diet and medication. So for dogs, they recommend a high-fiber diet. Daily exercise is strongly recommended. Consult your vet about an appropriate exercise program for your pet, considering factors such as weight, overall health, and age. Owners should consider spaying female dogs diagnosed with diabetes. So if you haven't already spayed them, spay them. Now, in cats, um, in, now with dogs, it was a high-fiber diet. With cats, it's a high-protein diet. Low-carb diet is often recommended, high-protein, low-carb. Daily exercise also strongly recommended, although it can be challenging to practice a daily fitness regimen with cats. Don't I know it? Um, your vet may be able to help you develop a plan. Um, it's very important to maintain the proper insulin and feeding schedules recommended for your pet, and it's also very important that your pet maintains a normal appetite while on insulin therapy, or you risk hypoglycemia, which is low blood sugar, if your pet is not eating and absorbing enough sugars to balance the insulin's effect of removing the sugars from the bloodstream. You will also need to regularly check your pet's blood and urine sugar levels. Regular examinations and testing performed by your vet may be supplemented by at-home monitoring of your pet's blood and urine glucose levels. Um, so I wonder, do they have the things like how the people have where you prick your finger? I guess there must be a way that you can check their um, sugar levels at home. And I'm scanning this now, but I'm probably not going to try to read all of this part because, like I said, I'm going to post this and I want you guys to be able to access it. But this was pretty much toward the end of this article. Um, it just ends by saying diabetic dogs and cats can live long and healthy lives with proper management and veterinary care. If you notice any changes in your pet's behavior or weight, consult your veterinarian. So just like with cancer, it's just very important. Just make sure you guys are looking out for any of those warning signs. And if they are there, get your pet to a vet as soon as possible and let them get checked out. So just remember, this is the month to recognize all that. Just like last week we talked about, it was um, Adopt-a-Senior Pet Month, and this month it is Cancer Awareness Month and Pet Diabetes Month. So make sure you're looking out for that 
And, you know, just look out for all your, your pet friends, your family's pets, friends' pets, and just spread the word just in case they are they don't listen to the Misty Show or they're just unaware of what November. And it's not just for November. This is something to look out for year-round. So just make sure you're aware of that. And as mentioned earlier, just look out for your fur babies during this cold time of year and just make sure that you're not leaving them outside, you know, too long, you know, getting exposed to the elements. Okay, so that is it for this episode. Um, I just want to remind you guys I'm going to have a blog post tomorrow, and it is going to be Black Cats Are Awesome because we do have a pet holiday. I believe it is tomorrow about black cats because I think we have several black cat um, holidays. Yeah, it's National Black Cat Day, so that's going to be tomorrow. So in celebration of that, we're going to be doing Black Cats Are Awesome um, blog post tomorrow. I may have it out by tomorrow morning, could be tomorrow afternoon, but you can catch that at she'satorty.blogspot.com. And I know that's kind of a weird word, so if y'all are tired of hearing me spell it out, I only spell it out for people who may be listening for the first time, but it's S-H-E-S-A-T-O-R-T-I-E. And I did that in honor of Missy because she's a tortie. She's a tortie cat, so that's where I got that from. So check that out at she'satorty.blogspot.com. And you can also catch any of our past blog posts on there, too. Um, now, here's the deal. I kind of wanted to get the heavier stuff out of the way so we could kind of have more lighthearted episodes to end November because I think in December, if I do have any more shows, those are going to be going back on my YouTube channel. I don't think these are going to be on Blog Talk Radio. This was just sort of a trial run for right now. I will have to decide what's going to go on for 2020, but um, I'm going to have uh, two more episodes in November. I have an episode coming up. The next one is going to be next Friday, November 22nd, and that's going to be Thanksgiving safety tips and ideas for fur babies. So um, that's going to be Friday at 7. I think it's supposed to be Thanksgiving safety tips and food ideas for fur babies. I think I didn't write that down. That's going to be Friday at 7 p.m. Central. That's going to be November 22nd. Then on November 26th, we're going to have a blog post and a show. I know that's going to be weird. I'm going to have a show on a Tuesday, but I did mention that I'm kind of doing something a little bit different for the month of November. So on Tuesday, the 26th, which will be the Tuesday before Thanksgiving, um, the show is going to be um, Black Friday shopping ideas for your pet. So that's going to be Tuesday, November 26th at 2 p.m. Central. But I'll remind you guys of all that on the Friday broadcast. And we'll have one more blog post that will also be on Tuesday, November 26th. That's going to be adopting a turkey. Is it a good idea? Because actually that's another one of the holidays this month. I think it's like adopt a turkey month or something like that. So we're going to be exploring that idea. Don't know how good of an idea that is. Dee and I did a show earlier about turkeys as pets. So this, hopefully I'll be kind of giving you guys some newer information on it and everything. So those would be more lighthearted episodes coming up. So I kind of wanted to save those towards the end, but I did want to let you guys be aware of the more serious topics to be looking out for your pet's health and all of that. So that's always important. So Thank you guys for listening. I was kind of hoping Dee would be able to come back with me, but she's still tied up with some stuff right now, so she won't be able to probably jump on for these last two. It would be awesome. Who 
knows, she might, or I might even bring Bitbit back on with me, so we'll see. But once again, I hope you guys enjoy the remainder of your weekend. Be safe, be good, be cool, and, you know, be looking out for your pet safety. Start thinking about that Thanksgiving food and those leftovers and the different stuff that you're going to have going on and if you'll have guests over. But I'm going to be quiet about that now and save that good stuff for Friday's um, Friday's episode of, yeah, Thanksgiving safety tips. So I will see you guys tomorrow for those of you who check out Blogger and want to read my Black Cat post. And if not, I will see you guys back here on Blog Talk Radio on Friday at 7 p.m. for my next show. And until then, you guys have an awesome weekend. Thanks for listening. Bye.